Hello to the people still tagging along with this. Um, I'm glad you are, even though it takes a little while. I just gotta remind you, genius takes time. Art takes time. And that's exactly what we're doing here. See, you can tell the confidence is like really coming back. Um, but that also has to do with the fact that, man, this this one kind of leaves me speechless. I guess we'll see at the end if I'm speechless. Probably not, because I just have a lot of things running through my head and things I want to say. Um, but this one feels different. And I I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Um, I feel like there's a lot of growth in this and a lot of growth to be proud of. So I'm so glad I'm still working on this. I'm so glad I didn't give up because I almost felt like if I gave up on the blog, I gave up on myself. And I didn't give up on myself this time. Usually when I do these projects, and I've done a lot of creative projects in my life um, that I just like thought of, I get discouraged if you know I'm not getting enough, I guess, attention for it. And that's the attention-seeking, validation-seeking part of me. Um, we all have it. But this one, I kept sticking. I kept to it. I stuck it out. And I'm so glad I did because when I, even if I don't, I don't care if anyone else looks at this or reads it, I get to read it and I get to listen to how much has changed and how much my mentality has changed. I think that's the biggest part. It's not necessarily big giant changes I'm seeing in my life. Um, it's mentality around it. So without further ado, fuck the main character. I'm the director. I also just want to take a moment um, to do a little trigger warning. It's an intense post, definitely, and does mention some ideation of suicide in it. So I just want to say I'm okay. I am doing okay. Um, I've had a tough past with my mental health and that is where this comes from but yeah just want to let you know ahead of time in case it is a little bit too intense pause a year ago i desperately held on to the most toxic trait of my life my past i was so utterly consumed by the girl who just wanted her voice heard that I neglected the person I am today and the person I am becoming tomorrow. I did not think I would live too much further into the future, so the idea of myself didn't matter. I learned to think without speaking, and I could not speak without overthinking. I was so worried that my voice would be misunderstood that I decided to stay silent. I chose my words carefully and let others do most of the talking. I hid behind the many masks I showed others, and eventually, the lack of words turned into a lack of actions. I could not speak for myself, so I lost my opinions. When I lost my opinions, I became obsessed with an idea of myself. When I could no longer pinpoint who I was, I lost the ability to authentically take actions for the next day, month, or year ahead of me. When you lose the autonomy of your life, you become the actor instead of the director. 
I knew I was playing the wrong role when I wished for everyone else's life instead of my own. Therefore, the judgment of others mattered more than the opinion I had of myself, so I could strategically keep working towards the lives I saw on everyone's Instagram. If I could just be the person I saw on my feed, I could prove to everyone that I could succeed even if they didn't support my vision or hear my truth. If they could not hear my truth, then I would just have to prove to them that I could get past this, that I could move onward with my life because I'd be exactly what the movies had shown me. I would work my way up in this world. I would stick to the planner, get the good grades, get the degree, then the job, and I would be set. I would be desired, I would be valuable, and I would prove to everyone that my life was worth it. The scariest thing in this world is to be completely alone, lost in your thoughts, unable to see the light of the outside world. This is why most people find themselves in the company of others as often as possible. Every day we strive for more, and we have immense opportunities for growth all around us, especially growth towards a new light in our lives, whether that be the new job promotion, the six-figure new car in the driveway, or even as simple as the new butterflies from a date with a stranger. All these things can distract us from the reality that we are alone in this life. But if we don't want to be alone, we don't have to be, right? Yes, we can endlessly surround ourselves with others and allow them to influence our lives. But as I recognize that we are inching our way closer and closer to death as we go by each day, I feel a shift to stop striving for so much more to define who I am to others, to allow my opinions and thoughts a larger stake in my life than anyone else's and actually live the way my heart desires. It's good to strive for more and it's good to prepare for the future. But you begin to miss the point of it all when that more constantly comes from others around you. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to have independence, create a beautiful and successful family for myself, and I wanted to be happy. The movies told me I could be happy if I just found that fairy tale ending. My worries would slip away and I'd stand tall on my financial throne. No one could touch me. What I so unfortunately neglected to see was everything around me in my life and my youth that did make me happy. I'd like to think this is the start of my depression. Disappointment at all stages in life because you no longer see yourself as who you are in the present moment. Your heart begins to disconnect from the version of yourself you've always dreamed of. But why? to prove something to those around you, to abide by some set markers that are supposed to show how successful we are at life. The words I uttered in the past 13 years of my life were structured around trying to prove I was not defined by my past. I was hurt, but I'm going to be rich in the future. I was taken advantage of, but I will take advantage of others in the future. 
I will find power, I will be powerful, and I will find retribution by being so much higher and taller than anyone else. My past could no longer define me. But I realized I could no longer follow that path if being above anyone else meant neglecting those who stood right by my side. My outlook on life changed when I packed up everything that defined me and my life at BU, took a plane to the tropics, and found myself completely alone with my thoughts, actively striving to run away from anyone who could judge me. I did not trust the perception of myself and my own pain deflected onto me in such an intense way. I had to find solace in my inner voice. It is where the voice of the girl with resting sad face came to expose who I truly was so I could finally find comfort in being alone. Before this trip, I could only define myself as what so naturally came to me at the inception of this blog. I am the girl with resting sad face because I genuinely saw no hope in engaging with others in a way that supports my future. I didn't care about myself anymore, and it didn't matter how others perceived me. So my life didn't matter anymore. No one wants to be around the girl with resting sad face, so how could I stop myself from being so sad, from being so disappointed in my own life? I had created such unrealistic expectations for myself and my life to run from the young girl who was too naive to speak up for herself. I created a voice with fake promises and would not live up to my word. I began to realize and believe that I could never achieve the desired outcome in my life professionally. And when my romantic identity hit the fan, I lost any idea of my future. The very morbid part of this story is that I so desperately wanted my life to end. I had gotten to a point of no longer wanting to live this life. But my cousin had just passed away. So I was aware of how precious our bodies are in relation to those around us. The ones who care. Maybe I didn't care for myself, but I still had others looking to see what I would make of myself. So the next best thing for me to do was completely and utterly lose myself. And going MIA to another country seemed like the best option. I was given a new life from this experience. It was one where I could finally be comfortable within my body and my mind. The good parts of life are the times we are far from perfect. The messy, exciting, heart-racing moments where you feel breathless for seeing what it's honestly like to just live as yourself. Accepting all the messy parts of you and those around you to really just grow, love, and learn. Seeing each other in silence is a powerful tool to look past all the bullshit and who's really behind those eyes because it's a whole lot more than any of us can define. I'm not perfect, and I'm never going to be perfect. I'm not looking to be anything or trying to find myself based on who I was yesterday 
let alone who I'm going to be five years from now. I will only be living my life, making decisions that support the person I want to be tomorrow. At least now, I can strive to be the authentic version of myself, who does not let the past or others define her. I can go through my days understanding that I have the opportunity to choose myself each day, no matter what happens. I will cry, I will laugh, I will sing, and I will dance, but I will stop striving to be just one definition of who I am. I just want to be me, defined by how I make others feel, not proven by my accolades. I can allow others to accept me as I am and know that some may only want a temporary stake in my life. But I can always count on myself. And the best way to do that is accept others as they are. Because we all deserve a little extra love. I made it. I'm directing this shit and I will continue to make it every day because there's no reason you should be living someone else's narrative. So here's my story. Because a writer is who I am, not who I am meant to be. So I want this to be a reminder to anyone listening to never give up on yourself. We are in a time where it is so easy to constantly compare ourselves to others, compare ourselves to the job application that was just posted that we want to apply for, compare ourselves to the Instagram models getting 100,000 likes on just what they look like. And likes are now money, so we're getting money from that. Or even just how your partner perceives you and you know, you want to keep them around. You you want to compromise your life for them. So you change and you work yourself. Um, and I guess what I'm saying in this is I've experienced a type of working on myself and changing myself in a way that drives my inner authentic self away from the person that I portray to others. The words I would speak to other people were trying to prove something. They were a way of uplifting my life so I can make it, essentially. Like, make it somewhere, and for me, mostly, that was professionally. So, that's what I did, and I had such a focus on this, like, person that I would be that I forgot what actually felt right and authentic within myself I put the weight of other people's opinions way over my own so my heart felt like I didn't matter and I feel like that's a pretty common experience for a lot of us you know we're not always going to make the decision that feels 100% right Because there's so many decisions to make in our day. We're constantly stimulated by one thing after another after another. And yeah, we can pinpoint our attention on certain things. And we can also get really good at them. And and cool thing, we can make money off of that. And then money can buy us the things that we like. 
But that's still that constant stimulation of trying to prove yourself for the next day rather than doing what feels right at the moment. It's a place where you almost let go of that second-guessing nature that, oh, well, if I break out into a dance routine, people in the past have told me I'm not a good dancer, so I'll look like a fool. I guess that's an experience that I can use. Um, You know, in dance competitions, it was very judgmental. um, And it was that way for a reason, because we would go to dance competitions, there would be judges and they would be um, critiquing our technique, our style, emotions, whatever. Um, And to an extent, that's good, because if you want to improve your abilities, yes, you should be listening to that. But I think... In a way, I've, I've taken it to the extreme of second-guessing and overanalyzing and overthinking every little part of myself to try and make it perfect. That's exactly why I bring in this mentality of being perfect because no one ever will be. What even is perfect? We define what is perfect. So the way I see it, is if you're constantly striving for more, if you're constantly trying to be this perfect person, you never will be. And that is because you will always be looking for more outside of you to get to be this perfect person with this perfect life. Life is messy. We're messy. It's supposed to be that way. So I think once you start letting go of, you know, that mentality of trying to control every little aspect of your life, you can begin to actually control how you're feeling. So in a way, you're able to control your responses to anything unperfect that is happening outside. And, you know, I'm going to avoid using the word perfect because you wouldn't be creating a perfect life but you would be creating a life where maybe you'll feel more content at least in my experience that's what i've gotten to a place of content contentment with my life i'm happy it's not perfect i'm not expecting it to be perfect but if i'm unhappy i can start to do things about it and that's because i'm stripping away that overthinking you know, habit and tendency and beginning to just allow myself to take actions without worrying so much of what the outcome is going to be, of what other people are going to think, of how it's going to affect me five years down the line and whatnot. Um, There's, you know, obviously a sense of personal responsibility that you have in your actions. So you don't want to just say fuck it all and be an asshole. (laughs) But if you can find that nice balance of doing things and portraying yourself as, you know, who you want to be and what feels right, you can let go of other people's opinions holding so much weight over you. So that's a lot to do with the past, you know, the past 
weighs on us. Absolutely it does. Like I said before, if someone says, oh, you're a bad dancer, what are you going to do? You're not going to want to dance in front of people, right? Because that was a negative emotion. It hurt. You're like, damn, that person thinks I'm a bad dancer. I'm not going to do that anymore because then no one can say I'm a bad dancer. I can be really good at something else. Yeah, basically. Well, in this show I was watching, um, there was this quote and it said, when your past is so present, how can there be a future? There isn't. You're just stuck in the present with your past. So that's definitely something that I really went over in this blog post that I was stuck in my past. I thought my past defined me completely. Um, and what had happened when I was younger is I didn't want to deal with the emotions that came from my past because they were too painful that I kept thinking of the future to run away from my past. But that was the issue is there is no future if you don't deal with that because that is a part of you. Your past is a part of you. So how are you supposed to build yourself up from that when you're already missing so many of those building blocks of who you are? So where I got to was thinking about this amazing future, but not being able to take actionable steps to create that future for myself. Because I didn't have the base, the foundation building blocks to lift myself up in a way that supports getting myself to the future that I want to see. So I had the unrealistic expectations of my future where I thought of this like dream life that if I could work hard enough, I could get there and then I would be happy. But the problem was I couldn't even get myself there because once I would get the next step forward, like once I would graduate high school and I would get to college, I was so depressed. My first year of college was amazing when I was around people. It was adrenaline filled. It was exciting. It was new, new taste, new experiences, new everything. But then the minute I was back in my dorm by myself, because it's just, you know, I'm not someone who can be with people all the time. I get so drained. But the minute I got back home to myself, I was like almost like incapacitated, depressed. I was, I couldn't get out of bed. I was crying and I just felt unworthy. And I was so confused because I'm like, well, I'm happy. I made it here. I made it to college. This is, this is awesome. I have, I have everything that I could have imagined, basically. And I'm working towards an even better future. Why am I so sad? And that's because I didn't, I didn't deal with the pain of my past because I was constantly trying to run away from it in my future. If that makes any sense. I know it's like the rhetoric I'm using is kind of confusing because it's fairly vague, but basically what I'm trying to say is it's really hard to create a future that truly aligns with who you are and what your values are without facing what experience in the past have brought you to this present moment.
after that period of what seemed like extreme depression, I think that was what felt like the lowest of my life um, because I couldn't find happiness in things. The things that normally made me happy didn't make me happy anymore. Um, And at that point, that's when I fell in love again with someone. And it felt like the breath of fresh air that I needed. Um, So in turn, I started to validate myself and I started to find my worth through this person. Because if getting a degree, if being in college, if eating good food, if being around friends didn't make me happy, you know, didn't fully fill that void, well, this would. You know, love. Unconditional love. That's that's what I was looking for. I wanted unconditional love because I couldn't love myself. Because if I loved myself, I would have to love the experiences of the past that made me who I am today. And I didn't want to do that. So I fell in love so deeply to the point that I lost myself. And when that relationship ended, so did I. At least that's what it felt like. So it's a dangerous game to play when you are able to distract yourself from your past through other people. Because what if they leave? What if they hurt you? Then you feel like you're spiraling. Now I've gotten to a point of not recognizing that relationship as the pain it caused me in the end, but understanding that I learned a lot of fucking lessons from it. That relationship, that experience is the reason... I felt so low to go do the craziest shit and find myself. To leave everyone, start this blog, and focus on that. Because if I'm being completely honest, the one thing that I thought of when moving to Costa Rica was I'm going to take my laptop, I'm not going to talk to anyone, I'm not going to see anyone, and I'm just going to write. And I'm going to figure this shit out. Because I felt like I had no other options, no other way to continue with my life. Because my idea of the future had been blown to pieces. So, you know, in a way that's what I did. I was fortunate enough to experience a community outside of what I was used to. And I got involved in a community down in Costa Rica of people who were very accepting, very kind, um, very interesting people that challenged the way I normally think. So I was able to go down there and not form unhealthy attachments, but rather understand this is a temporary part of my life these people are going to have a temporary stake in my life but that doesn't have to be a bad thing it can actually be something where I am free enough from 
those attachments that I can redefine who I am. That's exactly what I did. And the writing outlet gave me a way of analyzing my thoughts and analyzing where these negative thoughts really came from to try and switch that around. Because I'd been so like anchored to these habitual negative thoughts. I could not stop them. It felt like I could not stop them. You know, you can't tell someone who's depressed, just stop being sad. It doesn't work like that. That, If anything, that makes them more sad. At least this is how I've experienced because when someone is trying to put the pressure on me to get myself out of this funk, I feel even less capable of doing that. I feel less capable as a person. I feel less worthy as a person because I'm not functioning as I normally should in my day. Well, we have... What I think we have wrong is that it's not normal to be sad. Because it is. Usually when you're sad, it's trying to tell you something. And, you know, I am not educated in mental health. I like professionally educated in mental health so I can't speak to the biological processes and the neurological processes that go about um, in terms of mental health and depression but what I can tell you is my own experience Um, and that's where that social aspect plays a big huge role in mental health because if our brains are hardwired to thinking that we need to be happy all the time that we're gonna have that fairy tale ending that we're gonna make it one day how are we going to feel when we don't when we can't get up in our day and do the 17 chores nine to five job and seeing our significant other we're gonna feel bad that we can't do that. The conversation surrounding mental health really has to consider that, you know, societal, social, environmental pressures that our minds take in every day and, you know, redefine what it means in our own personal life to be successful and to have a successful life because everyone's definition is different. And that's why it's so hard to try and define ourselves as one thing or another. Because one, we're constantly changing in our lives. Two, there's not just like one or a few definitions to who we are, especially if we've been living and experiencing years of our lives. And also, life is just more complicated than that. It's certainly not easy, just like that, to change your definitions and question what other people say or how they perceive you but you know if you feel like you're getting to a really low point maybe that's the best thing for you to slow down because our life moves so quickly right now so quickly it it almost hurts (laughs) um but to slow down and question it And question the words that other people are saying to you. And question the kind of content you're consuming. And question 
what actions you make in your day. It's not easy. It's actually very hard. It's hard mentally. It's hard physically because you have to tell yourself to sit the fuck down and meditate or journal. But from my experience, it can allow space for that feeling of being content in your life. And I'd argue that's the best feeling over trying to be happy and perfect. Being content. Knowing that whatever happens, you're going to be okay. You're going to keep moving forward. And you can direct and create the life of your dreams. So I'll leave it there on a happy note. Um, And again, I would love it if you made it through all the way, if you like it, if you enjoyed what I talked about here. I would love it if you could share it with someone so I can promote some growth on this platform. Um, Obviously, it's a lot of personal growth, but I do, I would say it's a fairly relatable experience. Um, So if you feel so inclined, I would love for you to share it with others. Um, Not forcing you, but yeah. So thank you for listening and have a good one.